Throughout time in history, man has proposed ideas that have seemed impossible. At one time, there was a moment when the thought of man flying through the air like a bird seemed impossible. But then the Wright brothers came along and proved that the impossible was possible. At one time, man had a dream to walk on the moon. And at first it seemed like science fiction and it seemed impossible. But then Neil Armstrong took one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind. And in that moment he proved that the impossible was possible. You see, the impossible remains impossible until someone is courageous to make it a reality. In this series, God's been challenging us to believe for more. He's been inviting us to believe for more for our life, for our marriage, for our family, for our finances, for our future, for this community, for this church, for every area of our life. And today, God's inviting us to take him at his word, to truly believe for more. But I suspect that many of us, while we believe for more in our mind, we have a little bit of doubt in our heart. Because the thing that God has told us to believe for seems impossible. And so there's a conflict between what we know about God's word and what we sense in our own heart. And I believe that God's inviting us to resolve that because here's what I know about the character and nature of God is that nothing is impossible for God. I'm gonna say it again because I believe it in faith. Nothing is impossible for God. In fact, God specializes and he even delights in making the impossible possible. We see this time and again. We see this, we heard that there was never a possibility that a virgin could conceive and have a child, but God did it and he proved that he could bring a son into this world he also proved that he could do the impossible when Jesus died and on the third day he rose him from the dead. Here's what I know. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that can cause the impossible in your life to become possible. Today God's inviting us to believe for more. In fact, he's inviting us to expect the impossible. That's the title of today's message, Expect the Impossible. In fact, I want you to declare it from your heart as a declaration of faith. Let's put, let's put feet to our faith. Let's prove in faith that we believe that he can do the more that we can't do. I wanna invite you to say this with me. Say, expect the impossible with me. Say this, expect the impossible. We need to expect the impossible because with God, we can expect the impossible. If he spoke the impossible, he will do the impossible. So with that in mind, I want to invite you to join me in Isaiah chapter 54. We've been in this passage, this one verse, this entire series. But I want to highlight something that we haven't highlighted yet that's found in this passage that helps us not only believe for more, but also expect the impossible. This is what it says, Isaiah 54 verse 2. We're going to look at the first part of this verse. This is what it says. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Now watch this. Do not hold back. I want you to say that with me. Do not hold back. Do not hold back. What God is telling us in his word is that 
He's inviting us to prepare ourselves to expand. He wants to stretch us. But one of our responses needs to be to not hold back. Do not hold back what God can and will do. You see, the words translated do not hold back in the original language have three separate meanings that are all related. These are the three meanings. Do not withhold, do not restrain, and do not hinder. Do not withhold, do not restrain, and do not hinder. In other words, what God is saying in this passage is, yes, I want to expand your capacity. I want to stretch you beyond any place that you've ever been, but what I need for you to do is in the moment I begin to stretch, do not hold back, do not pull back, do not withdraw from me, do not, do not put the brakes on what I'm trying to do in your life and what I will do in the future. He's saying do not hold back, do not hinder the work of God. I wanna share with you briefly three ways that we unintentionally hold back or hinder the work of God. Number one, we hold back the work of God when we doubt. I don't know about you, but doubt shouts at us. Doubt says this, no, God's blessings are not for you. They're for everyone else, but not for you. Doubt causes us to pull back and in effect say, God, I know you have blessings, but those blessings aren't for me. We end up rejecting the blessings of God because we doubt. Here's the second way we hold back the work of God is when we believe in fear more than in faith. Fate, fate, uh, fear causes us to freeze. It tells us, don't move forward, it's too dangerous. Yes, God's inviting you to step into the unknown, but he's not gonna protect you. The only place he's gonna protect you is right here in the comfort zone. Here's what I know about the comfort zone. Faith and comfort zone don't go together. To believe God in faith, we have to step outside of our comfort zone and step into God's zone. There's a zone that God operates and it's outside of our comfort. Why? Because when you're outside of your comfort zone, you have to rely on God. He is your only source and your only strength and you're saying, God, in my comfort zone, I'm in control. But when I step out in faith, you, God, are the one that's in control. And this is where God has to get us. Here's the third way we hold back the work of God is when we procrastinate. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Halfway obedience is disobedience. Procrastination says hesitate and wait. Put off till tomorrow what God told you to do today. Don't, don't feel the pain today, feel it tomorrow. The problem is that tomorrow never comes. And what happens is we stay stagnant and stagnation is the enemy of God's progress. And so today God's challenging us, don't hold back. Press forward, press in. Give me all that you have so that I can prove to you that I can do the impossible. So today I wanna to share with you two ways to expect the impossible. Number one, believe for the impossible. God can't do the impossible unless we're willing to believe for the impossible. Believe that he can do it. We may not be able to do the impossible, but God can surely do the impossible. He's proved it time and time again. In fact, Jesus in his ministry spoke regarding the impossible on two separate occasions. In one moment, a man comes up and asks a seemingly impossible question. He asks Jesus, so who can be saved? 
And Jesus responds in Luke 18, he says this, what is impossible with man is possible with God. In another moment, a man was desperate for God to heal his son. And he goes up to Jesus, he says, Jesus, can you help and heal my son? If you can. And there's a faith that rises up within Jesus. In Mark chapter nine, he says this, what do you mean if I can? He says, anything is possible for the one who believes. So when we put these two together, this is what God is saying to us. What's impossible for you is not impossible for me if you're willing to believe. God cannot lead us beyond the place of our belief. If our limit for what God can do is here, he'll only take us up to here. But if we say, God, I'm believing you for the impossible, he can do everything you think is possible, and then he'll take you into the realm of the impossible. And this is what God does. God wants us to believe for the impossible. I wanna challenge you to believe that God can do the impossible in your marriage. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks and you think, It can never be restored. I believe that God can do the impossible. I believe for those of you parents who've been praying for years for your son or daughter to come back to Christ, I believe that God can do the impossible in their life. I believe that those of you who have just received a cancer diagnosis diagnosis, and the doctor says there's no hope, that God can do the impossible, that he can heal, that he can restore, that he can transform because nothing is impossible for the God that we serve. So today, believe for the impossible. Here's the second way to expect the impossible. It's to imagine God's impossible. Imagine God's impossible. Once we believe for God's impossible, then we can imagine God's impossible. My son and his friends, they say a statement, and this is part of what they say as friends to one another. They say, imagine, imagine, just imagine. And what they're actually doing is they're agreeing with the character and nature of God because God imagines. In fact, we are the only creatures in the entire universe other than God that can imagine. It's unique to us because we're created in the image of God. Imagination is defined as the ability to form a mental image or future reality that does not exist yet. And when we imagine God's impossible. We're saying, God, I'm believing, and now I'm stepping into that realm of the supernatural because I want to see in the supernatural what you're about to do in the natural. You see, imagination is more than wishful thinking. It's more than hoping for the best. Imagination is spiritual vision. Imagination is when the Holy Spirit steps into your mind and gives you insight and foresight to what God is about to do. Imagination is seeing God's future today, seeing what he will do tomorrow in the present moment. And it's important for us to see what God is gonna do in the future. I don't know about you, but we live in a world that's full of uncertainty. And I need God to reveal what he's gonna do in the future so I know how to live in the present. Nothing's impossible for God. Allow him to whisper and to reveal The Bible tells us in Acts 2.17 that in the last days he'll pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Our sons and daughters, those in high school, will prophesy under the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And then he'll give young men and women dream, uh, visions and he'll give those seasoned saints dreams. Imagination is something that the word of God speaks directly about. The problem is that the enemy wants to hijack your spiritual vision. This is the reason why when you begin to dream God-sized dreams, insecurity, doubt, and fear shows up. They show up and they begin to tell you, no, 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 you can't step into that. This is too big for you. Yes, it's too big for you, but it's not too big for God. The enemy wants to hinder your spiritual vision. And here's how it plays out in real life. For some of you, God's been speaking to you about starting a Bible study, maybe a life group, maybe a Bible study with your coworkers, maybe a life group with your friends. And right about that moment when you start dreaming a God-sized dream, all you begin to think about is how you're unqualified. That is the enemy trying to hinder your spiritual vision. For some of you, God's been speaking to you about how he is about to restore that broken relationship. And right when you begin to step out and believe that that's possible, what ends up happening is the enemy reminds you of all the pain and the suffering and the hurt that you experienced the last time. That's the enemy trying to hinder your spiritual vision. For some of you, I know God has been speaking very clearly and directly about you stepping in and partnering with us to extend God's love on the weekend and serve on one of our weekend teams. But here's what I know some of the conversation has been in your mind. That would be great, but that's not for me because I'm so busy, I've got so many commitments, I don't have time, and the church doesn't really need me. That's the enemy trying to hinder your spiritual vision. For some of you, God's been inviting you to take a step of faith and to step into the place of beginning to be generous. For some of you, he's been talking to you about tithing and doubt, doubt sets in and you say to yourself, I can't afford to tithe. That's the enemy trying to hinder your spiritual vision. Here's what you don't see. What you don't see is that God doesn't call the qualified, but he always qualifies the called. If he's called you to start a Bible study, he will qualify you for it. Here's what you don't see, is that God can heal any broken relationship if you allow him to be at the center of it. Here's what you don't see, that God made time. And if you give God your time, and you say, God, I'm gonna use some of the time that you've entrusted to me to love other people, what you'll discover is that God will multiply your time. You won't have any lack. What we don't see is that God owns everything that we think we own. Our life, our family, our marriage, our future, our finances, our possessions. And tithing is how we acknowledge to God that he owns everything. We acknowledge reality by tithing. What we're saying to God is, God, I'm acknowledging the reality that you're in charge of everything. Here's what I know. God wants to bless you, but he can't bless anything that we hold in our own hands. The only thing that he can bless is when we put it in his hands. So when we say to God, all my life and all that I have and all that I am belongs to you, that's the moment God can bless. But if it's when, within our hands and we hold back what belongs to him, he can't bless it. God wants to do the immeasurably more. He, the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the good things that God has in store for his people. That's what we don't see. All we see is what we have in our hands. We don't see the impossible that God can do. Today, I wanna to challenge you to imagine God's more because your imagination is the Holy Spirit's workshop. It is the place where the Holy Spirit begins to work in our life. It's where the Holy Spirit begins to reveal 
what God is about to do. I believe that God's been trying to reveal some things to you, not only about how he wants to bless you and your family, if you're willing to step out in faith, but I also believe that he can also, in the present, warn you about things that might negatively happen in the future. I suspect that for some of you, God's been telling you, keep some distance from that coworker because that coworker is doing something wrong and if you stay close to them, they're gonna try to take you down too. When they get in trouble, they're gonna try to blame it on you. For some of you, you're involved in a relationship that doesn't honor God and that person isn't leading you closer to Jesus and Jesus is telling you, I love you, you're my child. I wanna be the number one relationship in your life but I need you to scuttle and remove that relationship, put distance in that relationship because that person is gonna lead you away from me. God will not only reveal the blessings but he'll also protect us from destruction. The imagination is the Holy Spirit's workshop. So, Today, let God dream God-sized dreams in you. Let him reveal what he's about to do. Here's how we can practically imagine God's impossible in our life. Number one, unburden your heart before God. Tell God the number one thing that seems impossible, but that keeps coming up in your spirit that you believe God wants to do. Unburden it, share it with him. Tell him what's on your heart. Number two, ask God. Ask God to help you imagine his future for you. Say, God, I don't want the future that I think I need. I want the future that you've promised for me. Be willing to say, God, in that prayer, not my will, but yours be done. Whatever it is that you want from me, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll change whatever you want me to change. Not my will, but yours, because I want to see you do the impossible. Number three, then imagine God's impossible out loud. Be willing to dream out loud with God. Dream out loud with God. This is where you say, God, I know I'm unemployed right now, but I believe you're my provider. And I'm believing in faith that you're gonna be my gyra and you're gonna, you're gonna provide a way for me to provide for my family. This is when you say, God, I know that we've been barren all of our marriage but you put a desire in our heart to be parents and you're the author of life and I'm believing that you can give us a child. It's when you say, God, that family member is sick and the doctor says there is no hope, but I'm believing you're still the one who heals and I'm believing you can heal them. And then the fourth thing you do is you end with a very simple prayer where you say this, God, do this or something much better. In Jesus' name, amen. Because sometimes we just pray prayers in the possible. And when we say, God, do something much better, we're saying, God, I'm open to you doing the impossible, the immeasurably more, the thing that I can't think or imagine that you can do, but I'm saying, God, I want you to do that. Whatever that is, I want that. Here's what I know. When you expect the impossible, you begin to see God do it. I wanna encourage you to expect the impossible because faith sees the invisible and expects the impossible. Say it again. Faith in Jesus and in God's capacity sees the invisible and expects the impossible. God can do what's impossible for us because nothing's impossible for him. In our church, there's this family Donna and Craig are part of our church. They've been part of our church for 26 years. From day one, they leaned into the mission 
and they continue to volunteer in our kids' ministry together. They've raised all of their children in church. They continue to serve in our kids' ministry. Greg actually serves on our staff team. And on the weekends, Donna and Greg, their boss is their daughter, Rachel, because Rachel's our kids' pastor. She tells them what to do. But 19 years ago, they faced a crisis moment. Donna had just delivered their youngest daughter, Isabel, and suddenly she fell sick. So Greg rushed her to the hospital. The ER doctors began to examine her. They were puzzled. They didn't know what was happening to her. As while Greg was sitting there in the, in the hospital waiting room, he began to wonder, God, am I gonna have to raise these children on my own? The doctors finally came out and they said, sir, we're not really sure what happened to your wife. She has some symptoms of possibly this, that, maybe even a stroke, but we're not sure. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna send you home. He was surprised, but he took her home. The next day, she wasn't much worse, but she wasn't better, so he took her back to the ER. They did some more tests, including an MRI. The doctors came out and said, we can't figure out what's going on, so we're gonna send you home again. Over the next couple days, Donna went to multiple doctors and had multiple tests. And finally, she had an appointment with a neurologist. And the neurologist looked at her scan and looked at her and looked at her scan and looked at her. He says, I don't know how I'm talking to you today. He says, look at this scan. There's a black spot in your brain. This tells me that you had a massive stroke. A, a, a blood clot went to your brain and it caused a blood vessel to erupt. It caused it to break. But right now I don't see a blood clot and I don't see any bleeding. I don't know how that's possible, but somehow it corrected itself. And Greg looked at that doctor and he said, I know what happened. The God I served healed my wife. And today, Donna has no lasting effects from the stroke. Here's what I know, God could do the impossible, but we have to believe that he can do it. We need to expect the impossible. And today, as I close, I wanna invite you to stand. We're about to step into a moment of worship, but I'm inviting us to allow faith to arise within our heart, for us to truly believe for more and to expect the impossible from a miracle working God. I don't know what the impossible you're facing, but God does. Maybe you think that, that God can't heal that broken relationship. God can do the impossible. Maybe you think that your finances cannot be better, but could it be that you tithe your way out of debt? God can do the impossible. Maybe you're thinking that that diagnosis means a death sentence, but here's what I know, that God can do the impossible. And today we're gonna believe God to do the impossible. And so if, if you had a place in your life where you need God to do the impossible for you, or you're believing for the impossible for someone else, this altar moment, this worship moment is for you. And what I wanna invite you to do is I wanna invite you to come and say, God, I don't know how you're gonna do the impossible, but I believe that you can do it. I'm gonna expect the impossible. And so right now, we're just gonna raise our hands and we're just gonna pray for God to do the impossible. And then as people come up, 
as our worship team is worshiping, I'm gonna invite those of you who are part of our audience to just extend your hands and pray in faith that God would grow the faith of those who need the impossible to happen. Let's pray together. God, we come to you. We're believing and expecting you to do the impossible in this moment, that people are gonna be healed, that people are gonna be restored, that marriages are gonna be transformed, that families are gonna be reunited, that people are gonna get out, get out of debt because they trust you, because you are the miracle working God. You do the impossible and we're expecting you to do the impossible right now. And I pray, Lord, that faith would arise within your people, that you would prove yourself to be faithful to your word. Accomplish it right now in the name of Jesus and everyone said, amen.